Woohoo! Welcome to the Summer Call Play Podcast. We are so happy to be with you today. It's Tuesday. Tuesday! Uh, but it's actually not Tuesday for us. Okay. It's happy Sunday, boo. Sunday. We are doing something weird and recording on a Sunday and releasing on a Tuesday. I think we've done this like maybe once or twice before. I don't know. This feels totally new. Well, this is an extremely special occasion because this is our 100th episode anniversary celebration spectacular megan happy 100th we did it it's actually so cool in podcast world that time is a little bit different because you can't say happy 100th about a lot of things in life yeah you know because time like happy 100th anniversary or happy 100th birthday happens so rarely but in the podcast world we're living in like dog years except podcast years (laughs) happy 100th slice of pizza i could do it oh i i was there many many years ago (laughs) well no i could do it in one sitting (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i think we do that over the course of like two weeks usually easily easily but it's we're doing this because i don't know i've some of these like tuesday mornings i've been so tired uh-huh. and i have like better energy in the afternoons so i was like we need to do it in the afternoons and then also i feel like because it's one, the 100th episode i kind of had a panic moment because yeah. we are very chill with a podcast we record on a tuesday morning we release but it essentially gives us zero buffer if anything goes yeah. wrong and i'm like but boo what would happen if like something went wrong on our 100th episode like you can do no wrong megan ever uh you're perfect in my eyes except for the times when you're not as we're going to get into <laughs> in a few minutes why have you been tired in the morning is that normal for you no well we haven't been drinking coffee that ended okay, like that's true. 10 episodes ago but we'll get into that <laughs> what about we'll, coffee? Teaser. we'll keep the listeners we'll keep the listeners guessing i'm sure that our uh diligent listeners have some guesses already um but we'll get to that uh that'll it'll add to the celebration um so yeah this is so cool i feel like i'm just honored to be on this journey with you. It's so fun to get to spend this time with you every week. And before we get to anything, to everyone out there, we love you all. It's so cool, especially with how this podcast started, where it is now. And I mean, a lot of this episode we'll be reflecting, we'll be finding some fun, funny things that have happened, hopefully add some new information too. But I mean, the big overarching thing here is Damn, you guys are rock stars. What sexy beasts you are. Seriously, thank you. I mean, I don't think we ever guessed that it would be here today. It started as like a seventh grade, I don't know, a seventh grade science experiment is how I would describe it, where our main goal was just to release it to the SWAP community of athletes that we coach, thinking that it would be a great way to release ideas about trading theory and to make jokes and just to kind of like bring bring the SWAP community closer together. And it's gotten much bigger than that. And I'm kind of mind boggled by that and also just so grateful for our listeners for making that possible. <laughs> that's that's an example of my favorite thing. One of my favorite things about getting to do this with you is certain vocab pops up again and again, just like it does with Mind boggled. I've been on a roll with that. I don't know if that's an actual thing. Oh, it's totally a thing. Mind boggling. I'm not sure mind boggled is it's, a thing, but it's very endearing. I, I feel like mind boggled is exactly like, I. you could use like a picture of me and that emoji that just has the head exploding. Yeah. That's how I feel. I love it. Well, so flashing back to when we first started, we only started of this because of you that's to me I, I don't know if our listeners totally know that so you're the one that we're like hey we're doing a podcast i don't know about that buddy it takes two to tango oh it does take two to tango that is true in many ways as we're gonna get in but uh, you were the one that carried the idea one might say okay i think it went like this you kind of like you kind of pitched the idea okay and you let it simmer and i thought about it and thought about it and thought about it and then we were deep in the middle of the pandemic yeah and we kind of needed some date time. And so that was, that was how the podcast grew, but I don't, I don't think it was only me. I, I became vocal. I was, I, that was when I was like, I, you know, I think this would be a great thing to pull the swap community together. Yeah. But I, I think it was, I think it took two to tango. It so, was like both of us. Some couples bring whips and handcuffs into the bedroom. We just bring a mic that looks a lot like a penis into our office and do a recording. Actually now it's a blue snowball because yeah. we, we've traded out mics. Actually we were doing the podcast, like the, 
the pre-briefing recording and it makes my voice deeper. I don't know about that. <laughs> so last five episodes, maybe actually last three episodes we've been yeah. on the blue snowball. I feel like I've gone through like an Elizabeth Holmes transformation oh, no. just from the mic. It's not, if you have noticed a change in my voice, it's the mic. It's not actually me. I might be other things too. I'm not about, I'm not wearing a black turtleneck and starting a startup. <laughs> no, actually you're wearing a yellow sports bra, short black shorts and nothing else. And I'm repping, I'm repping again in uh, I think like aquamarine short shorts. Um, it's kind of your color. For the hundredth episode, we have to represent the limited clothing that we all want you to envision as we're doing this. Like true intimacy requires almost nothing on any of your skin we have to show pasty thighs that's that's <laughs> that's what we go for on these episodes yeah oh yeah no I, I i did my first race of the year and um the pic the picture of me came out in like the post-race photos i always tell athletes don't look at post-race photos if they're the type of thing that make you feel awkward at all for me i'm like i, I don't really care um so I, I was glancing at the mainly look at pictures of my mom and dad and i saw one of me that was from really close and my shorts were riding high and i had not gotten any sun up there for years and i was thinking that the directions for the race photographer must have been don't shoot till you see the whites of his thighs <laughs> channeling the bunker hill uh, uh i guess advice military advice that's a little bit intense to talk about uh killing people advice i was like i don't know if that's okay yeah actually in this modern world but i'll let you roll with it and listeners can decide i think it's, it's probably fine hundreds of years ago say, it's our hundredth episode so you get a little you get a free pass on that yeah and killing british people so you know we never rank in the top 10 in britain so <laughs> perhaps that that applies here so yeah um you know going back to where the podcast started initially like i was like oh well we need to do this is about training theory because if we if we make it about other things that might not be like appropriate it might be the type of thing where i don't know people don't want to listen to that um and it swerved so fucking fast into just us talking about whatever when we first were deciding how we wanted to structure it too we were like okay it's gonna be five things on training theory actually i whittled you down you're like it needs to be eight to ten and i'm like yeah and we were doing 30 minute episodes I'm like how are we gonna talk about eight to ten things in 30 minute episodes i feel like this is how you plan your week where you're like i'm gonna do this <laughs> this and this and i'm like let's cut that down by half yeah and so we went from eight to ten to five and then we gradually whittled down from five to three. And now we don't even have yeah. like set like topics. We just kind of roll with it. Now it's just like jazz. It's just f full improv the whole time. Um, though we do have a have a good outline. I think that um, that actually is interesting. Why did I feel this need to initially start at like eight to 10 topics or whatever, which would be way too much. I think partially it is prior to this podcast, I would sell myself short a lot. It's like, oh, well, if you tell me something, I can't talk about it that much. And doing this with you now, I would be comfortable if we had a five bullet point thing and you're like, hey, David and Megan, talk for 24 hours and just see what happens. And it's been getting to share this process with you. And then the positive feedback from the listeners too, where basically at first, you know, so at first it's a really interesting process because the there's people that, find it and do not like it and there's people that find it and love it and so we heard a lot from both parties and the people that loved it were like hey just do whatever you want like this is really fun people that didn't like it were like hey more training get straight to the point i doubt those people are listening anymore i feel like when we were like structuring that too is when listicles were really sexy oh. and i feel like listicles are still kind of sexy actually we were just writing for a company and they kind of like asked us to do a listicle and i was yeah. like oh heck no <laughs> like i feel like listicles are very like buzzfeedy i mean there's a lot of magic that comes with them if you've written them that's great but i was like i was not ready to do this and i feel like that's kind of how we started the podcast was like in like a listicle format with like a lot of science a lot of jokes yeah well you've been instrumental in the whole process so thank you for um you know being so encouraging and everything throughout the entire way and i mean i think our big lesson is that the one mission statement that we we stuck to throughout is trying to be as open and authentic as we possibly can like you know our main goal here is to make everyone feel included and hopefully the 
we've done that partially through, you know, displaying our follies, our issues, our problems, which they are so numerous to let other people know that like, yeah, you don't have to be perfect or have perfect thoughts to say them, to scream them from the rooftops and to own yourself and love yourself just the way you are. I love that point. And I also think we've tried to bring in science into that exact topic. The science of the idea that like by having that idea of inclusion, it makes everyone better in the yeah. process or even just highlighting like the stories associated with that. And so hopefully we've given a few tastes of that along <laughs> the way, but that's been a big goal. The other thing I think for us too, is just having accountability to each other during yeah. this process. Like the act of releasing a podcast every morning on Tuesday, it's a standing date every Tuesday morning. And it does come with like some responsibility because we do it on Tuesday. We have to release it on Tuesdays. And I was really, really daunted by that accountability yeah. at first. And I think now I think like getting to 100 episodes, if you told me that back when we started, I would have been like, we're doing that every single week, like holiday weeks. You, we've both done it. We've had stomach bugs. Well, I think we've done even, it like through everything. Even and, more than that, you've gone through such tough times. And we, I mean, we both have, we've hopefully been honest about it, but you went through your heart issues on here, for example, some of the things we're going to talk about today. And it's like, my God, that day, you just pushed it back to Friday, the recording, but you still did it. You still showed the fuck up. That was one of our science corners that did better. I think it was our fatigue resistance one that ended up being our top listened to episode ever outside of the trans athlete episode. And it's just like incredible to see your perseverance through this and be lifted up by that too. Like I feel that every week and that like your life is busier than mine to the max. Like my life involves a lot of sitting on my ass and making divots in the couch. Uh, yours involves a lot more calls and really busy calendars that give me panic attacks and you always make it happen. Oh, thanks. So well, I remember actually walking into the emergency room of the day yeah. of my heart and it was a Monday and because of how I was feeling, I was like, there's a solid chance I might get admitted. And I was like, but tomorrow is Tuesday. I should have waited 24 hours. We could have recorded a podcast. Life would have been great. So that was a stress. That I think did. I did ask you, if, should I bring a mic in? To the hospital? <laughs> I was like, there's a lot of beeping. I was like connected to so many things. Yeah. I was like, it's kind of actually, if you've worked in a hospital before, there's so much beeping that you just stop hearing it. And so that's kind of how I was in the uh -huh. hospital. But for people that are like newly, like getting acclimated to the hospital, it's really jarring to be in that setting and have just like the mass beeping going everywhere. Oh, that reminds me. I mentioned this when it happened on the podcast, but still, the greatest moment of a testament to our love ever was in the hospital when we were worried that you might be dying. And uh, we kissed for the first time in that hospital bed. And then all of a sudden your thing started saying, she's going into shock. They were calling all the nurses. And I realized I just like groped your your monitor off. So I was I was hopeful that our love was powerful enough to almost kill you. But actually it was just my groping. Those were the fireworks I was feeling internally. It was, oh, yeah. it was, very, it was very accurate. I do give you that. It was a magical moment. Uh, but actually I, it's been an interesting thing though to reflect on that accountability because we have like actively changed travel plans. We have made it possible. Yeah. Like I schedule very few meetings now on Tuesdays to give us that time to record. And it actually makes me think about like, there's very few things in life that I have that level of accountability towards. Mm -hmm. So I think it's our relationship, this podcast running and coaching. Yeah. And when I think about that, it really helps me narrow down like my career choices and just what I prioritize in life is like, what are the things that I truly consistently want to be accountable for? Because I, I love it. And so the changing travel plans theorem. Like yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, actually, maybe a, 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 I don't know what would the thing be off of, cor corollary, corollary yes. to the theorem would be, if you make a red eye, you are not including yourself on that <laughs> yes. list of things. I'm like, whenever athletes do that, I'm like, why are you fucking yourself over right now? Like, why are you just like, it's not worth the money. I'll tell you that. We'll, we'll 
give you whatever the difference is between that and a reasonable flight. A hundred percent not worth the money. And we don't even, so we don't, at this point, we don't even travel on Tuesdays. Yeah. We very rarely travel on Mondays. And if we do, we have to have like the, the podcast outlined all planned in reverse um, or on, on Sunday in reverse. And so it's just, it's, I think that's been something that's been instructive. It's just how much we love this podcast is the fact that it's become a priority and we, we have to account for that. Yes. Yeah, and, you know, professionally, it's been so cool and uplifting in ways we didn't expect. Like we were expecting to, this to go out to a few hundred people, um, you know, friends, family family, those that know us in the community, and it's gone out to tens of thousands all the time. And, you know, it's become one of the top podcasts in running. And that's just shocking to me. Like, um, you know, so most weeks, it's the actual top podcast in Canada and the US when you look at the running episodes, which to me is just so cool, because we're just sitting here in our underwear talking shit about shit. And people seem to, I don't know, hopefully identify with like, you know, the foibles we present throughout it was that's a big shock to me i mean yeah. not a shock on the canadians front we've talked about that's this. true this is like the fourth episode mentioning this we love canadians i wish i could be a canadian i feel like at this point it's just pandering like yeah, yeah, how right? much we like canadians like, people are probably like this is bordering on weird you guys right i did shit on british people and talked about killing them in <laughs> bunker hill a little bit ago so maybe the you know where it's win some lose some but it's been it's been wild to see that progression but at first actually i was a little horrified because it was starting to move up in the charts yeah. and people at work were like oh we should listen to this podcast i'm like oh, no. uh, actually maybe not like this is just kind of like a, like a fun date time between my husband and i i don't think it has a lot of application to work so here you are in the uh you know uh, ivory tower of academia at stanford university doing all these amazing things and people are listening to us talk about sex yeah exactly and like have swear words in here and make jokes and i was really mortified and horrified about that at first it's kind of like when you have like a mentor and they've like read your book or they've like yeah. been on your instagram profile and you're like oh my gosh i feel so seen right now i don't know what's going on this is weird but actually it's become i was afraid professionally i was like i wonder if this is going to be like a detriment to me professionally it's actually been great like i think we've made a lot of professional contacts yeah. through it and i was like i'm not really like interviewing but i'm thinking about what i'm going to do post phd yeah. and in the conversations that i've had with people the podcast is a big asset and i never <laughs> would have expected that i it's like it's like a window into our horrifying Tuesday dates yeah. in like the best kind of way. And I was, I was surprised. Well, huzzah for that. Yeah. I wonder what the lesson is there. I, because it's something I thought throughout my life. It's like, okay, the way the world is structured right now, everything is kind of out there. And people talk about this all the time. How are young kids ever going to be elected president? And I think the idea is once you embrace that we are in this new world where there is a certain amount of, you know, transparency for better and for worse, if you put yourself out there at all, it's just best to embrace informality and be like, hey, I'm going to try to put out my best vibes. And if this is the vibes for you, hopefully that works. And so that's my that's my big advice here is genuine vibes only. If you give out genuine vibes, it's all good. I agree. But there's been times, so we've recorded podcasts before and listeners actually probably don't know this, where we finish recording a podcast and I kind of have a moment or a crisis. And this happens more to me. I don't think it's like ever happened to you. I think I tend to be a really harsh critic of myself in ways that isn't great sometimes for like just releasing like pure authentic me. And this podcast is pure authentic us. And we've like listened to some episodes after, or not even listened to episodes, but just yeah. immediately after finishing, I kind of have a crisis or a moment where I'm like, what did we just say? What happened? Was it even okay? Are we even talking about things? Like, did I even speak in sentences? And that's happened maybe like out of a hundred episodes, maybe like 10 times. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, you're saying, what's the difference between you and me? The answer is the patriarchy. <laughs> I'm a guy that's like, I can talk on this subject. You're the ultimate, most qualified person in the entire, one of actually truly genuinely, one of the more qualified people in the world to talk about many of these topics, especially the training ones. And um, you're like, did I say that right? Uh, meanwhile, here I am, 
you know, talking about like tech and stuff, <laughs> artificial intelligence. We did a whole piece on I took dinosaurs, whatever. Um, so, you know, you, you've handled that so well. And, and, you know, I've been so impressed throughout how, like, I, I reflect on when we first met way back in the day and thinking about, I don't know what you would have been comfortable saying in a public place, whether it's standing up for something that's hard to stand up for or making a sex joke or talking openly about sex lives, which is something we've done a lot on here. It's like, wow, you have pushed back against so much societal inertia. I'm not joking when I talk about the patriarchy there, like, um, you know, that there are theoretically repercussions if you do something wrong. And, you know, you've been like, fuck it, I'm going to be me. And I don't know what got you there. Like, I feel like that had to have been something you thought about specifically because it can't be natural. It gets a lot easier with time and practice. Like, okay. I think like anything does in life. Like yeah. you make one sex joke into this blue snowball microphone <laughs> and you recognize like from there it just becomes a lot easier and it just snowballs, so to speak. You like sex itself. Yeah, exactly. You do just, it once just, and it just gets easier from there. You just let it flow. Actually, that's a, that, we always do little sex aside. So in true 100th episode fashion, my sex aside here is I was listening to a podcast that was talking about, um, you know, people that are still virgins that haven't had sex um, till later in life. And based on the statistics, we have a lot of people listening likely that are in that boat right now. And I, I don't really have any particular advice there. I just want to say, if you are there, you are enough and you are loved and you are fine. Like there's nothing weird about it. There's nothing wrong about it. And just like put yourself out there and be open with people about this. I think maybe one of the lessons from the podcast is if you are too, truly open about where your insecurities lie, usually people reach out and they're like, oh my God, we love you for that thing. Right. And so like, if you're like in being like, I'm a virgin at 29 or 30 or 40 or 50, and it's like, I don't know what to do. If you start telling people about that, that are in the context of your life, like chances are the trajectory from there is going to take you in a really fulfilling direction, whether that includes sex or not. And I, I think that's an amazing point because also too, if you express openly something that you feel like weird or uncomfortable about yourself and someone appreciates it, yeah. it's like, that's the perfect test of a human. Like exactly. I know early on in our relationship, I was open about like tons of things I felt vulnerable about and you just uplifted me and supported me. And I was like, this is the guy for me. He makes <laughs> well, me feel loved and seen. And this and is great. That was the thing that shocked me most in podcast is I think it was like second episode. You were just, you started the Tiny Boobs Club. Oh yeah, Tiny Boobs Club is still rocking. And I was like, wow, this podcast is going to be so much fun. Because then, you know, the, I think to the significance of that was not that it matters, because it truly doesn't. The significance of that was that you were just like, okay, this thing that we're told from a young age matters is not going to matter. And the reason it's not going to matter is I'm just going to bring everybody in on in, in this. And I love what you say about like that being what connects you with people, because if someone is the type of person that will judge you for whatever that thing you're putting yourself out there about is, like, you don't want them around. Like, no, not at all. Yeah. My, my favorite quote of my own, I'm going to quote myself, is that people that give conditional love unconditionally suck shit. <laughs> and <laughs> Did I've you had, add the suck? I, I think it was just originally suck, not suck shit. Is it going to get, like, more significant? No, no, no. I is it going to get more significant every well, time? So it's going to be, like, suck shit and then just keep adding <laughs> words from there? People have quoted it back to me as suck shit. I haven't gone back and listened, obviously, so I don't know. But I like to think that that's my favorite catchphrase of the podcast. Um, and so hopefully, if you're listening out there, you really feel a big dose of unconditional love because, like, you know, and even when you come from different places that, than we do on really important issues. Like we're saying we love you um, because we can't imagine what brought you to the place that you're at right now. I totally agree. Do you want to go through, I think this is a really fun time. One, to mention the fact that a big way that we've grown has been through sponsors, yes. which we never started this podcast with the idea of like having sponsors yeah. and we somehow have sponsors and somehow they are still sponsoring us. Yeah. And they, what seem, has happened? they seem to really like it. I mean, I think it was a huge step when Whoop reached out um, and like, 
uh, we'll make this into a promo, but it's really not the reason we're talking about it right now. Like they reached out when we talked about sex again, we were talking about the journal function and you were just like, I have it to see what happens. I I got a whoop to see what happened with sex and HRV. Yeah. And then we signed with whoop in terms of them being a sponsor. And then we sold a lot of whoops. So I think this proves the point that sex sells. It does. Actually, I think that's already known, but sex sells science, which yeah. I think might be new. Yeah. Maybe the idea here is usually when you say sex sells, you're thinking sexiness sells. Yes. Like provocativeness. No, I think sex sex itself also sells. Clinical discussions of sex sell, which is basically how we try to talk about sex on this podcast. The medicine of sex sells. Yes. Um, in sexuality. Um, so join.whoop.com slash swap, S-W-A-P, enter code, offer code swap, SWAP at checkout. You get a ton off. Um, they've been a huge um, help on this podcast and something that we use a ton in our uh, our lives. Then the second thing is Athletic Greens, which perhaps has been the most life-changing thing for some of the podcast listeners. I've gotten so many people reaching out to say that they feel fundamentally different. There's actually a pro athlete that's on the team right now that set a PR on this big climb. And I was like, does Athletic Greens contain EPO? Because I'm a little bit worried with this rapid regression you've had. I've got so many athletes sending me selfies of Athletic Greens and protein mixed in one. And it's like yeah. a swap protein cereal with Athletic Greens. And so people are getting all kinds of creative. But it. if you remember the way that that happened is we, like I talked about having started it before we were sponsored and talking about how I didn't particularly love the taste. And they're such a cool company that they agreed. Um, and it reminds me of, I was tagged by Heather McCarty, who's an amazing coach that we're not like formally associated with. And she was drinking Athletic Greens for the first time. And she tagged me and she's like, well, that's a taste. Um, but it has grown on me. I do it every single morning. It makes a massive difference. Um, so athleticgreens.com slash swap, S-W-A-P. Um, there you get a vitamin D dropper. It's great. Um, that is one thing that like, you know, Whoop, I think it is not for everyone. Like if you have anxiety about uh, you know, monitoring some of your health metrics, be careful about monitoring your health metrics. Uh, that being said, we love it and we use it for our athletes, but athletic greens, I have not seen any downsides yet. Um, in athletes that, that use it, it seems like a great all-in-one, um, insurance policy for athletic growth. And I think a good sign is if something tastes that interesting and so many people drink it, you yeah. know, it has to work. Like <laughs> that true. is, that is, I feel like if, if there is like a testimonial for the company, I feel like that one would be real strong. Yeah. That's it kinda, works. It's kind of how I feel about classical music. I mentioned this before. I'm like, it has a lot of sound and people like it. So there must be some art there that I'm not really feeling. I, it's not for me, but it must be for others. I love classical music. Okay. Yeah. I also love poetry and listeners yes. have been sending us, I talked about poetry like on two podcast episodes. I get, I've gotten hundreds of poems. <laughs> it's amazing. And another amazing sign that our listeners are just like out there rocking. Absolute beasts. So um, some of our favorite episodes, if actually this is one interesting point of reflection. We have People reach out every week to say they've just discovered the podcast. Many of them say they're binging from the beginning. I'm always confused. Do people like, I'm curious, like, what is the split? Like, do people binge like backwards to forwards or forwards to backwards? I think a lot of people are completionists that like to do, they hear one they like and then start at the beginning. I am not, I would not be like that. I would, I would, I would go the opposite direction. I would, I, would also, stop, I would start currently and then go backwards. It might just also be just weird thinking about how much we have grown because like, We've gotten practice. And like all things, you get better and better with practice. I mean, I don't know if we've gotten better and better. The listener can decide that one. That's true. We've gotten perhaps more assured in our uh, whatever say, the fuck we're doing. We've gotten here. very confident. Yes. Actually, not very confident. I still have moments where I wake up at 2 a.m. and I'm like, oh, shoot. But we've gotten, I would say we've gotten more confident. Well, you haven't had many of those recently. I haven't, actually. And I'm bringing the straight swag at this point for a number of reasons. But I've this podcast has really helped me realize the things I was giving a fuck about and the burdens I was carrying 
it's all just dust in the wind, um, especially related to professional worries and concerns. So uh, some of our favorite episodes. First one, this was on November 12th. Actually didn't have a number. means that <laughs> this episode is probably actually 102. I, was say, I think we're actually on 104. There are a few yeah. science corners that didn't have uh, didn't have episode numbers. We thought about that a couple weeks ago. We're like, we're actually probably on 100. But the timing, as we'll get into, works out really well this week for episode 100. So we're rolling. <laughs> we're rolling with it. And so November 12th, it was the connections between overtraining and underfueling. Uh, this is a big, sexy science deep dive in to why eating enough is the foremost most uh, thing in athletic growth. Uh, my other favorite episode was uh, 83 on fatigue resistance. So that was a specific sexy science corner. And we got into like some deep, deep science on that one. And I loved it. Actually, a lot of people have cited that as like their favorite science episode um, from the SWAP podcast. And I think that's been, uh, a, lot had, of, a lot of people have looked at it. I had one person tell me it was their favorite training theory um, like oh, that's presentation. Scary. That's of, scary. And this is like a top coach. And so that meant a lot to me, to us. And, um, you know, it's also one of the cool things about this is we're in a continual continuing education process because Megan does a ton of research. I do a ton of articles and things. This podcast makes us make sure that we understand our shit because if we don't, we're not going to be telling you anything, uh, or because we, we want to be able to understand both the things we know and the things we don't. Or if we don't, uh, we had an episode where we were talking about fox babies the other day. Oh, yeah. And I used breastfeeding as what they were doing. And actually, no, it's nursing and someone corrected us. So we'll occasionally acknowledge when we don't know things, but which do, is a lot. Do they have breasts? We Did we ever answer that? I didn't look that up. Okay. I mean, I'm, I don't know. They, they have nipples. I mean, I don't know if they're called breasts. Probably not. I doubt they're called breasts. Big. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do, you, what do you like to call breasts sometimes? I don't want to say it for you. I have no idea where you're going. I don't know what I call breasts sometimes. You say big honkers. Oh, that is true. I do say that sometimes. <laughs> when Megan has a particular body day, she'll say, I've got big honkers today. I do. <laughs> okay. They're not really, they don't really, like, they're not very emblematic of big honkers, but they feel, they got big honker energy. <laughs> they and that's, do. that's how I feel some days. It's the energy that counts. Um, awkward transition time. Uh, our, our most impactful episode was definitely episode 48, which was on trans athlete rights. Um this one most listened to episode, most shared by far. Um, and we've got, I, I mean, obviously a tough topic. We're not going to get into details of it now, but um, some of the coolest things is we have heard from some of the people, the trans athletes that are at the front of these fights, the people that have gone to court, um, the athletes whose names you might know, and they listen to these and they're saying that we feel seen and loved and heard. And you're describing the stories as we've experienced them. And so to us, that's what it's all about. Yeah. We're not going to be able to touch every perspective just as we want. But if we can use our platform, maybe just a little bit for, for something like this that we're passionate about, great. And so if you're out there and you're passionate about a topic, fucking go for it. That was the most meaningful episode to me. Actually, we the episode after, I kind of had a, a moment afterwards oh, yeah. because what we did on that trans episode felt to me much more impactful than like talking about training theory. And we got right back to talking about training theory. I mean, of course, we're like working other life things in there. And I had a moment where I was like, what are we even yeah. doing? We just talked about trans rights. We just made an impact. And that was, it was actually a really challenging like transition for me because I was like, the juxtaposition is just so huge. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing here. And that was a challenge, but I think that's, I've, I've just like settled into the idea that like our podcast is just bouncing back and forth between big topics and milkshake and honkers and like all yeah. these different things. And that's, that's a part of the journey too. And just owning that. Yeah. Milkshakes and honkers. Exactly. It's like, that needs to be a new. I just pulled out a random word. Milkshakes came from just random. <laughs> You're Honkers bring all the boys to the yard and they're like, your honkers are better than us. <laughs> um, but also, I mean, interesting topic on the, the trans athlete rights and other tr big topics we try to jump into and use our platform for is the criticism of us often will be like, 
they are woke, wokest or whatever, or virtue signaling. It's like, actually, no, we don't give a fuck. Like, I, we're not trying to signal anything to anyone. We're just trying to make sure people are loved, no matter where they're coming from, including people that don't agree with us, let alone people like the amazing trans athletes out there that are just trying to express their identity through sports that we love so much. I totally agree. My other favorite episode, episode 55, was the Western States recap. Oh, and yes. Really excited to do, I mean, in just a few months, we'll yeah. be doing another Western States Maybe recap. Maybe we can do, like, not a live episode, but an episode on Western States, like, during the race, even. Oh, like, that would be so fun. Like, after Forest Hill. Like, after they come through Forest Hill and we before just, they like, get to the Instagram track. live that or something. Oh, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm a little too old for Instagram live. I feel like every 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 day, it seems like there's a new social media thing that just is too much for me. But you're making reels. I am you're making reels. You're one step ahead of me. If you can make reels, you can. All you do on Instagram Live is just turn on the video. Okay, you need to. Follow, and don't say anything bad. I, I don't. I don't do these promos much, but you need to follow me on Instagram Mountain Roach because I have a reel coming on Thursday this week that I am very excited about. It's, it's quite good. <laughs> I've already made it. Okay, other episode, episode sixty-four. We had actually we. This is UTMB partially. Yes. It's partially about other topics. We put two different things in here. So we put UTMB, and then we had a debate. So yes. we debated, and this was like a fifteen or twenty-minute debate. We debated having kids. I was on the side of wanting to have kids. You're on the side. You're on the side of like really not wanting to have kids. <laughs> and we kind of met somewhere in the middle on it. It was nice. How do you meet in the middle on having kids versus not having kids? You have a dog. That's true. <laughs> That's how you do it. We, also, we already satisfied that. I did use that as leverage, though. After that episode, you briefly gave me permission to have a puppy. Yeah. And so I started doing a lot of puppy research, and then I and then I I don't know I got down to it, and I realized that Addie might not love a puppy. It's true. Like Addie's very territorial of us, but if you want to have a puppy and you don't have and you know you're having a debate with your partner, bring up pregnancy first. <laughs> it's a lot easier to segue into a puppy from pregnancy. You are a master negotiator. I think about that often in our relationship, and that you know we often disagree, and I can argue like a man, right? I can really come in like what, I know what I'm talking about, but in the end, you usually win, uh, and I think that. This is emblematic of that in some ways not in the puppy but in other things i don't know i think it's just because you love me i do love you so much i, I think also and i think that it's all about adventure and that's true we you, just like the act of having a debate and you are and then we both get to the we both get to the end and we're like eh, i think we're neutral on and this. you're my ultimate adventure partner you're the star straw that stirs the drink if it weren't for you i would be sitting in washington dc working as a lawyer thank god i just let you lead the way <laughs> So where do you think we're going to take this going forward? Um, I don't know. What do you think? I think for me, it's about just like keeping that idea of inclusion at the forefront. Like, and I think Definitely. continuing to present sexy science on inclusion, but then sexy science on training too. Yeah. I love the training theory stuff that we've gotten into. I love, I also want to bring in a lot of sexy science. Like I think we touch on psychology quite a bit and I yeah. want to keep focusing on that and broadening my horizons on that. You know, I don't have a formal training or background at all in psychology, but it's been fun to dive into that on the podcast. You did, a party. you did major in neuroscience which I think is moving towards some expertise yeah, but in that when subject. You, when you actually study neuroscience, it's kind of far away from psychology because yeah. it's a lot of just like, like I've studied a lot of like neurobiology and neurochemistry and that stuff is in the weeds. But I think that might be part of what makes you so magical on these topics though, is you do ground it in the chemistry. And that gives you a lot of compassion, I feel like, because you understand a lot of these things that we talk about are not actually a choice. Is in hopefully mental health it comes at the forefront too. I want to always mention that, that like, um, you know, the, when we talk about, I don't know, loving yourself or whatever, that's a, that's a difficult step to take. It's a process. And that's why we're showing up every single week, learning along the way uh, with you kind of just stumbling forward. And that's kind of what I want to do is just create, keep creating, see what happens and see where it goes. Probably. I don't know. Do you think we're going to be doing this in 
a few years. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I think we're, I hope we're doing this like we're 70. Okay. Even if we have no listeners anymore, even if they've all been like, they've given up on us, I want to just sit down and record with our blue snowball when we're 70 and have this time together. And I think that's a priority for me. I think the consistency is what I think has been really important. Like there are a few things in life that you can be consistent in. And this is one of those things that I want to dedicate that consistency to. Yeah. So we'll just be post-apocalypse. We'll be in here in front of like a rock that looks a little bit like a sex toy being like, woo, welcome to the podcast. It'll be a painted heart rock though. And it'll say huzzah on it. So it'll be, um, it'll be symbolic. (laughs) That is so perfect. Um, So yeah, as we, as we move forward, we truly love you all, and we have a big announcement to make that we've been teasing this whole time, which is yesterday, Megan cut her own hair. I did. She it did. was a, such an empowering moment. How about that for a psych moment? Yeah, right, psych. <laughs> uh, so I was brushing my hair, and we were going to go take some family photos yesterday, which we like almost never do. Most of our photos are just like us like being absolutely ridiculous, which yeah. actually these photos kind of wound up being that. It's true. That's our aura. That's our vibe. That's our vibe. I was brushing my hair. I spend about three minutes a week on my hair. Yeah. That's actually like, it, that's a like a wild estimate. Maybe I should be a little bit more conservative and say like two or one. Yeah, um, you're, I think you're being honest there too. I, I, that's actually true. I've never seen you doing anything with your hair and I'm around you pretty much 24 seven. It's always in a knot on top of my head. So I started brushing it out. It got real long. I don't yeah. know when the last time was that I cut it. It was a long time ago. So I was like standing there and conveniently there was a pair of scissors, I think, cause you cut your own hair. Yeah. There was a pair of scissors right there on the, on the like bathroom counter. And I, I just like, all of a sudden the light bulb went off in my head and I was like, Hmm. <laughs> so I just put my hair in two pigtails, like just kind of like loose pigtails. And kind of looked at it. I like held the scissors there for a second, like debating. I was like, do I do it? I feel like, do I do it? You're like, it's time to fuck shit up. I am ready to do this. That was the, that was the mood I was in. I was in like a fuck shit up mood yeah. and I have never cut my own hair before. Like I was a rule, I was kind of a rule follower growing up and I was like, I'm going to get in big trouble if I cut my hair. Yeah. And then I had an empowered moment yesterday and I was like, I'm just going to do it. So I cut off my two pigtails. I cut like three to four inches yeah. off my hair. I was like, oh yeah. So you just trimmed it. And then I went upstairs and it looked like a raccoon had died on our <laughs> counter. And I was like, oh my God, what were you doing up there? Well, I like, I did the, I did the first cuts just to like establish it. And then yeah. I started, I started getting fancy and like making pieces. And it honestly was, it took me about five minutes. It was not that hard. I I don't have high standards for hair. So maybe someone who has high standards for hair would be like, uh, heck no, I would not do that. It looks bad. I honestly don't think it looks that bad. I think it looks absolutely beautiful. You look stunning, though I'm sure it's a little uneven and perhaps not, um, you know, red carpet ready. But we don't need to be ready for the red carpet. No. What are we doing? Absolutely not. In fact, for our family pictures, it was like, there was like a 50 mile an hour wind out there. So yeah. I just put my hair in a ponytail anyway, <laughs> which it came full circle. But I woke up this morning and had short hair and felt very empowered. And it was just kind of a fun moment. Like I texted my sister and you always need someone in life that like when you're feeling empowered, yeah. you text them and you know that you're going to get an answer that makes you feel <laughs> even more empowered. And that is my sister. She's great for that. And I sent her a text message, like, guess what? And then sent her a picture of the hair on the counter. And then I sent her the final product and it looked, it looked She was okay. supportive? She was very supportive. Okay. Um, Caroline always brings uh, the, the love. But yeah, no, I think it's the ultimate evolution of our relationship because when I was 11, I first started cutting my hair. And now we're here we are a few decades, a couple decades later, and you fully embraced it. I have made you descend into anarchy. Uh, that is basically the context of our relationship. It was because my schedule right now has anarchy and trying, trying to book an appointment for like a hair salon during the times, like my free times, 
things. I'm like, this is never going to happen for like two months. So I just got to do it myself. And I saved, I probably saved a hundred dollars. Yeah. I was proud of myself. Yeah. That being said, support local businesses. Yeah, that's true. Actually, <laughs> um, Local hair salons are like, maybe oh. you can buy your scissors from a, a local, I don't know, artisan or something. Our scissors were definitely $2. They were not, they were not very powerful scissors. But the other thing I learned to do is coming up, I have like a lot of weddings and events and things to go to. And I've never learned how to put on makeup. Uh-huh. And I've been proud of this. Like I, I, I mean, I, I hope that women feel beautiful without makeup, but sometimes it is like empowering to put on makeup and feel like you have a swag face, but I just never knew how to do it. Yeah. And it was a big barrier. I was like, well, I don't know how to do it. So I'm just not going to do it. But it turns out it's really, really easy. You just watch a 10 minute YouTube video <laughs> and I figured it out. I think whatever makes someone feel good is the right I thing do. to I, do. I felt, I felt, I put on makeup the other day and I was like, this makes me feel better. I yeah. feel good. Okay. It's kind of like why I shave my legs. <laughs> yeah. like, absolutely not needed, but man, it makes me feel fast. <laughs> I know that mascara really makes me feel fast. So the message to our uh, young listeners out there is cut your own hair, put on, learn to put on makeup via YouTube and shave your legs (laughs) just across the board. It's the fail safe advice for life. Um, Okay. So our actual big announcement is a little bit different um, as you probably gathered. Uh, So uh, fat flashing back. um, Do you want me to tell you the beginning of this story and then you can hop in after like a minute. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So we talked on the podcast about how you had the follow-up MRI for your heart condition at three months. Yes. And, and it came back not looking good. Came back not looking great. And the cardiologist called you the next day. So the, the our MRI was on Monday. Cardiologist called you the next day and said, Megan, under no, absolutely no circumstances, are you permitted to be pregnant, to get pregnant? Um, and it's like, okay, that's good to know because we had talked about it on the podcast. This would seem like a good time. Good to know. Let's not do that. Um, so on Friday, I'm going to tell this through my my lens, <laughs> I'm out running and it's a snowy day and I come back from my run. Of course, I'm listening to hardcore history about, um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it was about. I think it was like ancient Romans or something. You were in the zone on hardcore history. Yeah. So I like walk out to the driveway. You are just like fully in the zone, but I didn't realize it. I just kind of thought you were like peaceful meditative. And I come out, I'm in like shorts and a sports bra and yeah. I'm coming out into the snow and you look at me like I have five heads. You're like, why are you out here right now? Like, and your eyes are a little puffy. And I was unsure. Like there's a little, it was just an interesting situation. I, I quickly realized, okay, something I need to take off these headphones, stop listening to the dulcet tones of Dan Carlin and start listening to whatever Megan has to tell me. Actually, I'm not sure if that's how I went because the first words that came out of my mouth were, I'm pregnant. (laughs) And you didn't quite process it because I think you were still in the hardcore history moment. So you took your headphones off again. And then I was like, I'm pregnant. (laughs) And then then it fully settled in. I was extremely happy. It gave Megan the biggest hug. And, uh, but also knew what the cardiologist had told her on Tuesday. And the rheumatologist told me that too. Yes. And so I was a little bit, um, flustered as I'm sure you were too. Um, so what happened while I was out running to make this, uh, come to a head like this? So very strange. So, you know, all week I had been like post cardiac MRI, I've been getting all these exams. So I got a chest x-ray, I, the, the cardiac MRI, I had gotten IV contrast. Yeah. And before you, you like go and do all these exams, they always ask you, are you pregnant? And I've been, we've been closely following my menstrual cycle. And I knew I was like, well, this would be like a blastocyst stage. Yeah. And like, it's too early to know if I'm pregnant, but like, what if I'm pregnant? But I really needed these scans. So I was like, nope, I'm not pregnant. I'm <laughs> not pregnant. But then this was like five days before my period on this Friday. And I was like, I should probably like, I need to have a concrete answer. I had a chest CT coming yeah. up and I was like, I need to be able to answer this confidently. So I peed on a stick and I was like, it's, it's negative. I just started a whole bunch of new medication. I was yeah. on like 
40 milligrams of prednisone. I was on, I just started on this medication called Inurin. Yeah, we talked about that on the podcast, how it was virtually impossible to get pregnant on these things we thought, we assumed. I was on Plaquenil. I was on Colchicine. I was on NSAIDs. I was on so many medications. So I pee on this stick and nothing came out. So I just like put it on the counter. I went back. I was texting Amelia Boone. She was like texting me about her hips. So we were like in this texting conversation. Like six minutes later, I go over to the counter and look at the stick and there is a like faint line. Yeah. And I was like, Holy fuck. <laughs> that might be the theme of the day is holy fuck. So I saw the, the test and I was like, wait, that's not pregnant. Because you know, you on the- mansplained pregnancy to me. <laughs> you did. were like, Megan, I was like, I was like in this mix between like sadness because I was like, oh, I was just told I can't get pregnant. I think what I said is, are you sure? Like, because I looked at it and you can't even see it. Basically, you need a magnifying glass to see this line. And um, I was like, wait. This isn't what it looks like in the Actually, commercials. But you tell me, you're like, it needs to be the exact same as the control line. I'm like, no, you dipshit. I'm a doctor. <laughs> and it's any faint line on a pregnancy okay, test okay. is a positive. After you said that, after you called me a dipshit, I just was like, okay, she's right. I understand in relationship history that when she does that, she's right. And then I Googled it, sure enough. And it got a little darker and a little darker and a little darker every day until we're like, oh, fuck. Uh, this happened at a little bit of an unexpected moment. So it was like... I don't know. That was a really jarring. Like, I think growing up as a kid, I've always wanted to be pregnant, like since I was like 13, which is a little weird, but no, I think a lot of people feel that way. And maybe that's actually, before we get to the rest of the story, a good intervention or a good time to intervene and, you know, talk just very briefly about wherever you stand on these issues. No, you are loved and you are awesome. Like in the past, the podcast, we talked about how I didn't want to have kids at the time. You know, Megan has always wanted to have kids, but you are also allowed to change and how you feel about it. Hopefully not in a few months. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's not a, it's not something that is a verdict on you being able to get pregnant versus not being able to get pregnant, all of this stuff. It is random freaking chance. And, you know, wherever you're at, we're going to try to talk about this in a way that hopefully is not at all triggering to anyone, but also hopefully not boring to people that are also like, fuck, I don't give a shit where this isn't, we're not, this isn't going to become a childcare parenting podcast at any point if we're ever lucky enough to have kids. Okay. So back to the episode. Well, I just want to chime in on that because I've seen so many complexities, like in the medical world, I've seen complexities and athletes I work with. Like this topic is just hard for so many different reasons, like whatever that is. And I also think we're going to broaden it out to life too, like to keep it not boring. There's a lot of fun stories, a lot of interesting things and little like nuggets in here. So stick with us because it gets, it gets fun. Yeah. Uh, So speaking of nuggets, let's talk about what's in your stomach right now. Um, What happened, you know, since then, like, um, I think it's just really interesting to think about, okay, this is thrown onto your plate. We were theoretically trying but we thought it was impossible and we were told not to have it. So that must have freaked you out in the moment. Well, it was like, it was a mind fuck because we were told we could get pregnant. And then they told me not to get pregnant. But I recognized, I was like, well, I could be in a blastocyst stage right yeah. now. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm pregnant right now, but it is conceivably possible. But of course I was like, okay, yes, I'm 31. I have tons of time to get pregnant. This is okay. I'm good. And it, it like really scared me to get that test result. And of course it's Friday. So I didn't, I like messaged my cardiologist I messaged my rheumatologist. I was like freaking out, didn't hear anything back from them <laughs> and was like, I was like, I hope they're not plotting to like, yeah. you know, come together and tell me something I really don't want to hear. I was really scared. And then I was very, very scared. Actually, I remember, so Amelia was the first person I told and my, my words were like, what the actual fuck. Yeah. Then I told you, Actually, no. Then I called my mom and I called my mom just like sobbing. Well, I was listening to Hardcore History. So yes, yeah. I didn't, I was on Do Not Disturb. My mom was in the meeting, was in a meeting with the FDA. She does a lot of work with like the FDA and CDC. And I called her like four times. Yeah. So she stepped out of the meeting and I just was like unable to talk on the phone oh my gosh. because I, this is something I've always wanted. Yeah. And it was so weird to come in this context. Like it was such, such a like jarring juxtaposition from like how I always envisioned it as a kid. And then 
it really started changing. So Saturday morning, the a Stanford rheumatologist I've been working with actually FaceTimed me yeah. and I was making cookies and I was like, this is weird. She must've just like hit the FaceTime button <laughs> randomly. Like it's, I've never like, you know, just like randomly FaceTime someone out of the blue. Yeah. And the first thing that she said was congratulations. <laughs> and I'm like almost crying now because I, I picked up that phone and was like, holy sh- like this might be possible. Like yeah. this is wild. And that was the first moment. And then I called my sister and she did the same thing. She said, congratulations and sent flowers. And it was the first time I started recognizing like early on, I think I just went into panic mode and was like, this is like, you know, we're not gonna be able to carry this pregnancy. And, you know, this being something like that I've always wanted. And then it like shifted into this yeah. like mindset of like, let's try it. Let's see what happens. Well, and, you know, thinking back, I remember even on the podcast, you would always hedge your bets be like, well, maybe I can't get pregnant. Like you, there's always something that I think you, both you and I feared. I, I always feared that I was going to be not be able to help you on this process that you wanted to be on either due to whatever. I don't know why. Maybe it's like, it, it gets back to things we can't control. So we think that our actions will affect it. Um, and so, yeah, just brings in all this thing. And also on a little step back there, like, while we didn't have to go down that route, like if you do, we are like, we talked in the past actually on the podcast about abortion and things and say totally pro-choice. So many of the people that we love the most have gone through that process. That wasn't what we wanted to do though at that time. And so getting that news. But we from, thought about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. We thought deeply. I mean, because like health comes first, you know, if, and we were told by a cardiologist that you can't do this, like that would have been really, really tough, but it took a, a, a happier turn. And, and the whole time though, I think that there's been some, you know, concerns, yep. but before we get to the concerns, let's have, we're going to do like some interventions here. Let's step back to conception. Oh yeah. This is the, actually it's all been, I think like, I think that was like a finding out about pregnancy was a really somber tone. Yeah. And while we've had anxiety, which I will get into coming up, like full, full scale, honest reflection of what pregnancy has been like, I am so freaking excited and went through a really hard medical journey. And it was pretty wild to me that the body, like I could be so sick with like this weird autoimmune stuff and yet get pregnant. Yeah. And it was this like beautiful reflection of like the body is the human body is really resilient and beautiful. And you know, that's pregnancy is different for everyone. But for me that happened and it was like, I've been fighting my body for so long. Yeah. And then all of a sudden my body went and did something that it was like a miracle. And it was, I think now I'm like fully like coming, I'm becoming more confident and I'm just really yeah. excited and it feels like a it feels like a, a moment of celebration, even though there's been these like contradictory feelings at times. Like yeah. I feel now that like it's truly like a culture celebration surrounding this pregnancy. Yeah. And I it makes me like I'm grinning ear to ear right now and it makes me really We sad. hopefully bring the, the humor throughout. Yeah, I think it gets back to a little bit with like athletic journeys where people say, Will I ever be the same again? And they're going through like a fem- femoral issue or something. It's like the body is miraculous. It might not be miraculous in exactly the ways we want. You know, some people can't have kids, like, um, and but they can do other things. And the, the things that the body can do are so fucking awesome. And we should always celebrate it to that. Like conceive. Um, so let's get back to conception. Uh, I to to give myself some shit to start with. Um, the this happened the the time when the baby must have been conceived right after I had a calf injury that I talked about on the podcast and it made me take three days off training. Um, so 
performance enhancing catheter, perhaps. I was actually kind of thrilled surrounding this. So we actually got pregnant really fast. So this was our third. So we've been trying um, for three months and this is the third month that we got pregnant. Yeah. The first, the first month I had been doing a prednisone taper and my body reacted very poorly to doing the prednisone taper. And that was like right around the time that like implantation would have happened. And so I think it would have been near impossible the second month. And I think <laughs> this is what you were getting to. Yeah. We started using ovulation test strips really helped. Actually a podcast listener gave that suggestion as we talked about like trying to get pregnant on the podcast. Um, we used easy at home ovulation strips. They give you 50 for $20. Yeah. It's amazing. Meanwhile, you get a CVS and like the ovulation kits are like $20 for two. Yeah. So plug for them, just random. But anyways, I got an ovulation like positive test strip and you were out running. I had given you like an easy 14 miles on a Sunday, like yeah. post long run, just like chill, shake out run. You went and you ran like something like 16 to 18 miles really hard. <laughs> and I came downstairs really excited with this positive ovulation test strip. And you are just wrecked. You're in the bathroom, you're having stomach issues <laughs> and you're just like totally comatose. And I was like, yo, dude, like this is the day. This is the moment you have 20 minutes of this entire process I, and you are like not stepping up. I stepped the fuck up though. I immediately went to CVS. I got Pepto-Bismol. I came back and I performed. Perhaps those sperm couldn't swim, but they tried. Say, you performed. I don't know if it was a PR, but you performed. <laughs> I do give you that. It was like, I would say- You know, you know what's sexy? Someone having stomach issues. <laughs> well, I actually got mad at you that day. Yeah, I was did. like- I'm your coach. You didn't follow training. This is the one day I need you. And you're like, you just killed your body for like no reason. Eh, those, those sperm were, were perhaps not meant to be. Uh, let's say, let's say that. Um, but so the next month I had a calf injury, just a little calf strain. So I had to take three days off, which coincided with uh, Megan getting one of the positive ovulation strips. Ovulation strips, just as a side, uh, extremely pressure inducing when it comes to sex. They are. I actually like, well, there's a lot of weird stuff with the pressure like, inducing when it comes to ovulation too. Yeah. Like I had a moment where like the first time I used them, I was like, am I even ovulating in my cycle? No. Like it kind of scared me. And you know, the first month I got a positive and became a little bit more confident, but I think there was a lot of, like, there was a lot of anxiety. There's always anxiety peeing on sticks. Yeah. And I think that that's important to acknowledge. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much anxiety throughout this process, yeah. I think. And, and so if you're going through it or even conceiving, considering it, um, know that that's totally normal. But then the other thing is I was at um, Megan's mom's house, the amazing Lily Willow, the um, most magical person ever. And she was taking athletic greens. And this is when I started taking athletic greens that we talked about on the podcast. And three days later, four days later, we got pregnant. So I'm not saying that athletic greens is proven to do this through the FDA, but it may increase potency. Potency. Yeah, I feel like- they Those sperm are Michael Phelps on the athletic And race. you felt it too. I felt you were, it. You were confident. And maybe it's because you had to like, you had to rally from your like three minute man Pepto-Bismol experience. Oh. <laughs> but like you you were confident. Wait, that's, that's not too far. Are we just saying that everything's on the table well, I now? Mean, I think like, it's really important. It's like in training to acknowledge the full scale of performances. Yes. You had a bad day on the Pepto-Bismol day, but you know what? You set a PR on the Athletic Greens rest day month and okay. it worked. Okay, I'll take it. Um, so perhaps the Athletic Greens that bring in some of that willow bark, maybe willow bark makes you strong like bark. Um, but athleticgreens.com slash swap if you uh, want to see if it does the same for you. And we were also staying at my mom's house. Yeah. Though, and my mom is exceedingly sex positive. Like it's yes. actually, it's, I think it's a big reason why I'm so comfortable talking about it on here. And so is my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. My dad our, too. All of our families are very sex positive. I'm very positive just talking about like anything related to life. Yeah. But I do have a theory that sex positive grandmas might have more grandbabies <laughs> because she would like, 
she she knew we were taking i would like i actually showed her the ovulation strip i was very proud of my ovulation i was like look yeah. mom i'm ovulating this is great so she would like text us throughout the day and she'd be like i'm going for a 45 minute walk with my dogs you guys <laughs> so she was she she aided quite a bit in the process well the as, process. so thanks mom as we've learned she only needs to take a three minute one second walk <laughs> <laughs> uh but no not after athletic greens okay so now back to more serious topics um this is going to be on high risk pregnancy um so we talked early that we were planning on talk, you know, being 100% open from the very beginning on this podcast about the whole journey. And then when it actually happened, we didn't. Um, and, and actually, yeah, for context, this is all happening, you know, several, many, many weeks ago now. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're going into a week. What, what week are you We'll on? be in the second trimester um, when this podcast comes out on Tuesday. So I'll be week 13. Also, I gave people shit initially for saying we're pregnant. And now I'm constantly using we when like, I don't do shit. I spend three minutes, one second doing something. And then literally just... Go girl, go team. You took athletic greens and rested. And for that, I am so grateful. <laughs> That's true. I stepped up when it counted. But it is weird. So we've been, so like pregnancy is healthy so far, but it is, it's considered a high risk pregnancy. And I think that's been something that's been really challenging for me is that's also like. So you're seeing a regular ob um, who's your point of care and then high risk ob every couple weeks get in. So this is the most image little baby you've ever seen. This It's like one of those athletes that gets in the MRI machine every week. It's impressive. Actually, that's the perks of having a high risk, yeah. uh, high risk baby is you get to see a baby. Like traditionally, like you, you won't be able to see, like oftentimes they give an ultrasound at 13 weeks and 20 weeks. And you go this really long, like seven or eight week stretch without an ultrasound. And like we get to see baby all the time and it's really, it's fun. It's reassuring. Like babies, babies wiggling in there, but still high risk. And you know, and that's challenging. This yes. is the reason we didn't immediately jump out and start telling people is because as we went through this process and realized what was going on here, particularly with some of the health concerns that you, you had discovered and in coaching, you know, we understand the reality of miscarriage, right? Like, which is tons of our athletes have it. It is a random number generator and it is so common. So if you're out there, like, please don't let you know your love. It's nothing you did. It's just so common. And knowing that we were like, well, shoot, we don't want to bring other people like saddle someone with grief that doesn't need to be saddled with grief necessarily. So we did tell a number of people like our friends. And I mean, we've probably alluded to it enough on the podcast that some people figured it out, but you know, we didn't want to make people feel the the range of emotions that they didn't like need to feel and just knowing like we've worked with many athletes who've gone through miscarriages yeah. and how hard that is actually i think sometimes like talking about it like a missed pregnancy there's other terms for miscarriages that are becoming more common oh, interesting. more commonly used sorry about that oh no it's i mean it's fine i'm actually i'm blanking on that I'm, I'm listening to like a few books right now uh -huh. they're, they're teaching me this and for some reason i'm like blanking on the exact terminology to use um but the statistics out there are i mean they're like very clear and they're very it's common and so i think for me it was it was giving myself that grace of understanding that miscarriages are common, but also weighing the anxiety of that too. And I think it's really important for like athletes and people to understand how common miscarriages are, but also to not let that be like a consistent yeah. burden on you. And I don't think I like did a great job with that because it was something that was just like so high anxiety for me. I had, there's a miscarriage probability chart yeah. online. <laughs> sure and I like, knew, I knew every single day point I had it like plotted out and that perhaps isn't so healthy. I wouldn't recommend it, but my pregnancy actually is a little bit high risk because in the autoimmune journey, we found out I have something called anti-Rho or anti-SSA antibodies. And um, they have possibly contributed to my heart and some of the other autoimmune stuff that I have, but they can also impact a baby. So they can cause neonatal lupus. They can cause congenital um, fetal heart block. And so it's been something, my my numbers aren't like wildly high. And yeah. usually there's a dose response relationship between how high the numbers are and your actual risk. But that's been one of the reasons that I've been followed so closely. And one of the reasons that I was like 
I think initially we were planning to just like Sherry got pregnant pretty early on. And because we were finding out all that information, it just, it felt better to just like hold on to it and process it and just like fully let that sink in. Yeah. So we're talking in a state of celebration, but also coming to you fully understanding that there's a chance that there's a podcast episode that you listen to at some point that has a different tone. And Mm -hmm. if that happens, we'll try to be as open and honest and loving as we can, but it might be really tough. And, you know, so now that, now that everyone's alongside us in the journey, I think it'll actually feel really good. Um, So do we want to say the sex of the baby? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. The baby is a boy. It's a boy. We're so excited. And you're finding out. So if you are sitting on the toilet right now, listening to this podcast, which statistically a few, actually probably more than a few people are doing that. Probably hundreds at least based on the number of people that listen to the podcast. I was was just thinking about that. You are finding out in the exact same way that I told David. Yes. So I found out they're supposed to like call you to tell you, but LabCorp, I actually just found out through LabCorp's website. I just was like scrolling through my blood work and all of a sudden I see mail on there. I was like, I don't know if I was supposed to see that. So we did. So she just, I'm I'm on the toilet. I'm just sitting there. I'm probably on Instagram, uh, just chilling. And she just comes around. I'm barging into the door. She comes around the corner. And I'm like, no, this is the one time I like a little bit of intimacy. Granted, the door was open, so it's not that much intimacy, but a, or not intimacy, uh, privacy. But I want to. I was like, what are you doing yeah, on the yeah. toilet? <laughs> exactly. Um, and Megan's like, it's a boy. And I was like, oh no, I need to finish this poof. Um, but which is the ultimate way? I feel like that's the best way to reveal it's a boy. Yeah, like it's that's a very boy way to reveal it. I feel like my son would be very, very much. He'll find that story to be cringe-inducing for a few years, and then very funny. Probably not. Probably just funny from day one. Um, Kindergartner boys love poop. It's <laughs> true. But so you know, you've heard on the podcast we were talking. We would prefer have had to have had a girl at the time, and the more we thought about it, we're like, thank God we're having a boy. So points out this whole process. It's like perfectly timed. It's like nine months or whatever is a great time to come to terms with whatever you need to come to terms with. And then as I understand it, all hell breaks loose and all shit hits the fan all at once. And then you have no time to do anything. Well, it's also like once you start carrying a baby, like I love this little creature so much. And I was referring to it as a creature, but like it was actually really helpful to find out the sex of the baby because we know, we know baby's baby boy's name. And so I'm just like straight talking to baby boy when I'm out there running. I'm like, let's go baby boy. We got another effort. We got another mile to go. And there was something about like finding out the sex of the baby that yeah. made it feel so much more real and like a celebration. And I think because the way that I found out I was pregnant was not necessarily a celebration. It yeah. was very anxiety producing. Finding out the sex of the baby and like FaceTiming family members and sharing that, that was really special. So are we allowed to say the name? No. Okay. Well, I'm going to disagree. No. The, the name is Wamsley. No. <laughs> <laughs> Name it after old, good old June June. No, no, just kidding. Um, though that being said, I, I would consider it. Actually, it for a girl, be- I was thinking about Claire. So maybe it's a, uh, you know, I would consider Wamsley. You know, it would be great though. Like when I'm out and runs and, you know, I talk to, I talk to baby boy. Yeah, you do. At least like every five minutes on a run. It would be great to just look down and be like, yo, Wamsley, let's yeah. go do this. Come on, Killian. Kipchoge, we got this. Actually, I was thinking Killian would be a good, it's, the name is not Killian. It's not uh, Walmsley and it's not Jim, but I was thinking Killian would actually be a great name. Okay. Well, there's still time to change our minds. Um, okay. And now we're going back to a slightly more serious concept, uh, the anxiety uh, of it. So, you know, th- this is one place where the, it struck me in practice, how much the guy is such a passenger in this process. You are sharing your DNA, your life, your a parasitic relationship, perhaps with what's inside you. And 
that comes with so many emotions and so many chemicals and things. And you've been so incredible throughout the process, but you know, the anxiety must be so hard. Yeah. I never expected this part of pregnancy. Actually, I feel like my anxiety list and it's getting much better. I think there's, there's a certain hormonal context to the first trimester where your hormones are really high and like, it all feels so new and feels so charged that actually like the last week and a half, as I head into the second trimester and as I'm in the second trimester, it feels like things are starting to like like feel a lot better and feel more stable. But early in the first trimester and especially like mid um, and like even into the end of the first trimester, my anxiety list was like, it could be like 20 pages long. I was anxious about so many things. And this was like all, I mean, I I probably- Is there an example for the listeners? Oh my gosh. So I was like, I was convinced and this is not at all the reality. And she's a doctor that understands this. Yeah, I fully understand this, that like something I was going to do was going to be connected to the miscarriage of a baby. So like gravel biking on washboards was going to like cause a miscarriage of the baby. And absolutely not. Like that's not how it works or running or like, I don't know, eating some weird food or being even like, there was one day where I cried a lot and I was like, can I Googled, can crying a lot cause a miscarriage? (laughs) And it's like, I'm like, this is, I know it's absolutely ridiculous, but there's something about that hormonal context that made it feel so charged and also just like being a new mom and being newly pregnant and the stakes are high and not knowing what we don't know. And I love this little, I love little boys so much. And we talk about, I just want to support them, you know, worst case scenario anxiety, right? And the worst case scenario here is bad enough in terms of, you know, the, the journey um, that we're on that it is anxiety provoking. And I've been so inspired by how you've uh, confronted that throughout the process. Oh, thank you. So how are you dealing with the anxiety as you move forward? A lot of different ways. So I did create one where like interesting and kind of weird way. I think this might be a little morbid. This I is, like it. This is a little morbid, but I created what I called a miscation. So that like, <laughs> you know how like when, I don't know, sometimes when things go horribly wrong in life or like you think that things might go horribly wrong in life, I need like a backup plan of things that will help me get through that time. Yeah. And so our plan is that if we have a miscarriage, we were going to, I had a list of like 20 things I couldn't do because of pregnancy or like 20 things that we just like haven't done because of time or energy or whatever. And we were going to do these things. <laughs> so one was like to take a beach. This is like the the vacation idea. We were going to go to the beach. So to Santa Cruz. And actually we do have a trip coming to California ahead for work. Oh, so yeah. if you see us in California, we are okay. We are good. We're supposed to be there, but we're going to go to Santa Cruz for the beach. I was going to do, so now that I can run, I was going to do a hard 12 mile run because I've been really careful, like watching my heart rate and just making sure I'm like, you know, cautious exercising, drinking beer and wine was on there (laughs) and food hasn't like really tasted great to me recently. So I was like, I'm going to eat a cheeseburger and fries. Those were were on the top of my list. (laughs) That's, I love the way that you were handling that. Uh, It's so, um, I don't know, morbid, but also shows how we bargain in everything that's highly anxiety provoking. We always bring, like all of us were like, well, even if the worst case happens, I can go this way or whatever. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. And we bring humor in light. I mean, it's like, it's more, but it's also kind of funny and weird in, its, oh, yeah. in mm-hmm. the same way. But the other thing I've had anxiety about too, which is, which is different and something I actually didn't expect is having sex. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think this is talked about enough, but like, it just seems a little counterintuitive to me that there's a baby right there and we're going to jam something up like right next to baby's face. You know, I'm not a scientist, but I know how plungers work. (laughs) Doesn't seem like a great idea. I mean, and it's totally fine. Like sex and pregnancy, like it's, I mean, as long as you don't have like any like underlying issues, it's totally fine. And I know that and I'm reassured about it, but something about it still seems weird to me. Yeah. And we're, we're working through that. And like, you've been amazing. Oh, no, and I, I, I communicate that, but. And I, I mean, it gets, I think it's really important. Like it goes back to some of our sex discussions more generally. It's like, I think when a lot of people think about sex, they think about, oh, perfect. Like 
movie theater or movie theater in a movie <laughs> sex or whatever and i think that that is so unfair to everyone like on this podcast you've talked about my pepto-bismol three-minute performance and in, in not being a pr but and we always talk about things like you know women that have never had orgasms or men that um you know have erectile dysfunction or whatever but it also relates to like whether you want it sometimes or whether you don't want it and all the ups and downs along the way so you know i've been I had, hopefully you feel no pressure. Oh, you've been amazing during this process. You know, I also understand I'm not doing shit back here. And if I were you, you know, I'd be pretty weird about that. I used to be before, early in our relationship, I was weird about having sex for races. (laughs) Because I was like, that's going to mess up my real performance that counts on the trails. We're like having sex during Baby's Ultra or something that feels weird about that. Yeah, yeah. So I could imagine that if I were in your shoes to apply a little bit of empathy, I'd be like weirded out by that too. Now I'm like a man, I have none of the chemical programming and I'm just like the whole time basically like, oh, well, yeah, I don't think it should matter, right? Like, yeah, let me grab some Pepto-Bismol <laughs> and some athletic greens and see what happens. I think the other thing too is I just felt gross and I just like felt gross and we'll talk about that more coming up. But like first trimester, I was just like, I feel weird. I feel gross. I feel nauseous. Like that was like really far from my mind. And it's weird how like during conception, it's like, that's a really exciting part of conception. Yeah. And then you get pregnant and you're like, oh, I don't know. Well, you look beautiful as to your big honkers. Well, thank you. Those are growing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a side, a side step. Uh, speaking of growing, perhaps expectations versus reality. Did you expect your boobs to go before we get to the serious part of this? I actually, well, I was always worried because I'm like part of the small boobs club. So I was like, am I ever going to be able to breastfeed? You did t- used to say that to me. Yeah. Yeah. I was like really worried. I was like, is this an indication like that I can't get pregnant? And let me tell you, these things grow. Yeah. I have been, I was like, at first I was like horrified. I was like, are these going to stop growing? <laughs> now I've just kind of gotten like, I think the theme of pregnancy is that everything bounces. <laughs> That's just, everything is like, like just bouncy on my body right now. And my boobs fall in that category. Jack and the magic beanstalk is Megan and the magic tits. Yeah. <laughs> just go out for infinity. Well, do you know what's weird is that like a lot of times in life, you don't have the ability to like experience the counterfactual. So like, yeah. like, you know, if I didn't, wasn't pregnant, I would just go through life thinking all the time, like, Oh, wouldn't it be great to have bigger boobs? But yeah. let me tell you, it's actually not. <laughs> well, no, it could be. Great. Well, it could be. I think a lot of people like there's different things work well for everyone, but after not having boobs and all of a sudden having boobs, and experiencing them bounce, I'm kind of like, yeah, you can take those back. I would think it's a great example, though, of you have truly embraced loving yourself as you are. That's true. You're like, yes. I don't love the changes because I love myself before. Well, I, t- I like them in different ways. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm proud of them. I'm like, look at my what my body's doing. Sometimes I'm like, ooh, look, I feel, I feel like swanky today. And then when I'm running, I'm like, get these off my body. Yeah. And you do like the bump that's starting to form. I know, I do. You're a big fan. I'm very proud of my bump. You're so proud of your bump, and I love your bump. Um, Okay, so expectations for reality. Like, how how did you think pregnancy was going to go, and how did that change? Well, I think I've just always had these, like, you know, you pee on a stick. You have this, like, really beautiful celebration where you, like, surprise your partner, you tell your family, or even, like, the sex reveal. Like, you bake a cake, and it's, like, blue or pink, or, like, you pop a balloon or something. And really ours didn't go like that at all, but we've had so much like fun and celebration along the way, even though it's been like very unconventional, how yeah. we found out, how like we've had this risk, how we've processed everything. Whether I or not, I was on the toilet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ETC. But I think that's, I, I've actually, I'm convinced that this is more and more just preparing you for motherhood. Yeah. Like, I think that all this, like the shit and suck that happens in pregnancy, like motherhood is not easy. And I think going through this is like, I'm already thinking about because, you know, pregnancy hasn't necessarily been easy or these been these like anxiety moments. I think it really helps you prepare and get in that mindset of like what it's like to have a kid when like when you have kids, like expectations 
always, I mean, I think often differ from reality. Yeah. Well, it would probably be anyone, even people that don't have kids. It's like life throws you that stuff all the time. Oh, curveballs everywhere. It's a, constant, yeah. it's a constant learning process. Like if we do have to take that mis- miscation, you know, we'll have learned a lot from this, hopefully. And we'll be sad and we'll grieve, but like we'll be better for it and our relationship will be stronger. Yeah, I hope. no, I totally agree. Maybe. I think the other thing too is, is I think society has a lot of expectations for what women do during pregnancy. Yeah. And I think sometimes like running, biking, exercise, exercise, like, isn't, I mean, I think it's becoming in the modern world, becoming a lot more supported, Yeah. but like, I know my family is worried about me exercising and they're an incredible loving family. And they just, you know, I think that's just like how they feel about it. And certainly I had a heart condition. So it makes sense too. But I think like, I think women face that all of the time. Yeah. And I think the more I learn about other women's experiences, it's just about like being comfortable doing you during pregnancy. I think we're going to get a lot into the specifics of pregnancy and training and motherhood and stuff later, because this has been one of those topics we've always wanted to talk about because we have coached so many women through so pregnancy, many women in pregnancy. dozens of women, yeah. including professional athletes through pregnancy and, and long beyond, but haven't wanted to go on the record about this stuff because it is so, um, you know, ripe with societal like understandings and we don't want to like or at least me especially i don't want to mansplain and you don't want to come in and talk about things you don't have first experience with when they are this specific to the person's life and you know i think the expectations reality thing also brings back to me like none of this would happened it would have happened probably if your heart didn't blow up on top of a mountain yeah i had that reflection actually this morning like i am so happy right now yeah and you know who knows where this pregnancy is going but right now i'm choosing to believe and like I'm happier, like, I mean, being, being pregnant certainly has been tough, but like, I, I'm really, really excited for baby boy. And like, this wouldn't have happened if I hadn't gone through the shit stew of five months that I went through. And I yeah. can already look back now and like, be grateful for that. Yeah. And you know, we were talking earlier about the statement, it's meant to be, which people throw around. And I, I was thinking about that. I think that that's actually getting to a truth whenever it's meant to be. It's that there's things to learn in every direction. Like if, if you had never had kids, we would have learned a lot of really interesting lessons down that path. And I think when we were 70, we would have looked back and be like, thank God we didn't have kids. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah. It's like so well, happy. We haven't been able to do that. Yeah. yeah. And now we're on a different trajectory and we're going to learn so much new stuff that we might not have learned otherwise. And so that's what it's made me. And like, as I've changed my own views on having kids, what I've been like is like, okay, when I say this is a new adventure, what I'm saying is, damn, what a great chance to just try to be the best person I can be and, and to reflect on those things. And it's like, you know, this is the true chance to learn about like things that I never thought I wanted to learn about. Now I do so much. And thank you for that. It's and cool. you've really stepped up in that. And actually one thing that you said there made me think about, I mentioned the counterfactual before and like, yeah. you know, not having boobs and then also having boobs and like being able to see like what the world is like in the opposite situation. But I think the world is so beautiful because we often don't have the counterfactual. Yeah. So like, you know, perhaps my heart didn't blow up and I go on and get a golden ticket at Bandera or like, you know, do really well at Western States. And perhaps I don't because Western States is, you know, sometimes a toss up, but like, I could have looked back on that and been like, what a journey this yeah. was all meant to be. And I think like life is amazing in so many different ways. And I think it's actually great that we don't get shown those other paths. Yeah. So throughout this process, we're going to talk a little, we're not going to make, this is not going to become a pregnancy podcast. Oh gosh, no. At all. But we will talk about those topics a little bit more than perhaps we did uh, in the past, just slightly. 
And that being said, on the idea of expectations, I found two books to be really helpful. So one is Emily Oster, Expecting Better. She, everyone told me to read her book and it's it like really helps like break down and debunk a lot of myths. The other um, is called Like a Mother. It's a feminist journey through the science and culture of pregnancy. And I really, it's her, it's Angela Garbus. And I really appreciate like her voice. It's it's similar to Emily Oster's book. And I think they're, they're really helping change like the societal expectations surrounding pregnancy. Yeah. I love that. And just from the outside, seeing you go through this process, and seeing how sidelined, like how much the guy doesn't matter at all. I don't know about that. But no, yeah. I mean, like it doesn't. Like I, I could be in Topeka right now and it wouldn't matter. <laughs> and, and it makes me think a lot about how internalized misogyny might have some origin points in these moments. And I'd love to read those books to learn about it because I bet I bet that the tendrils of how this has gone through society run deep in ways that like, I have no idea. I totally, I totally, totally agree. The next point I actually wanted to talk about is contradictions. Yes. Like I think... Pregnancy is an interesting point of contradiction because I have like, I like being pregnant to me. I, I'm so excited about that. Like yeah. it's something that like I've wanted. It's beautiful. Like we did it. Like, like we did it. High five. Yeah, high five. That's great. We did it. And thank you. Athletic dreams. Yeah. It can also suck at the same time. Yeah. And I think a lot of life is like holding weight to the fact that like, yeah, this really beautiful and amazing thing is happening, but it can also suck. Yeah. Like, you know, the first trimester, I don't think I've seen a lot of athletes go through the first trimester and mine wasn't, I mean, I was nauseous. I was tired. I was like, just kind of feeling gross yeah. and bloated and all the different pregnancy things. But, you know, I was still ex like, so I was like frustrated about that, but still excited at the same time. Yeah. And just kind of like holding room for those two competing feelings. Yeah. I imagine that's parenthood in general. It's like, yeah. you love your kids so much and you would never do anything uh, to harm them, but you also hate their fucking guts <laughs> <laughs> and you like to sleep, but you're never going to sleep again. Um, and you know, I think one interesting part about coaching is we've seen every, so many people go through this process from beginning through, you know, years and years and years that we have no illusions about any element of it. So throughout, we'd love to learn from people. Keep telling us what you know, uh, but it's going to be quite an adventure. I... And you, you've been so great at navigating the contradictions. I mean, there's been so many with your, like the way that the body changes. Oh, it's wild. It's so cool and so interesting it's, and weird. It's weird. I mean, and I also like, I struggled with it because I mean, we've alluded, people on the podcast might've been able to guess we've been pregnant for a couple of yeah. episodes because I was like, I feel gross. I feel tired. Food is kind of gross right now. But I, I have felt very uncomfortable in my body at times. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think I have like large scale issues with body dysmorphia, but I think it's natural in pregnancy. Like I'm like stuffing my legs into pants because they don't fit anymore. Unfortunately, I have like now a little bump yeah. and it makes me feel better. Around nine weeks, I just felt really bloated. <laughs> yeah. And that was like the low part of like, I don't know, like my my body positivity of myself during that period of time. And I think pregnancy goes in, in fluctuations a lot. Yeah. Little, little Wamsley's pushing his hoka yeah. against the <laughs> uterine like, lining. He's like, I'm coming out. <laughs> I'm ready to stomp on you. But the other contradiction too is that, you know, we got news that my heart was getting better and yeah. is I was able to return back to training and I'm returning back to training. And I actually have an athlete who's pregnant right now and she calls her baby a parasite. <laughs> oh, and, <laughs> burn. At first I was, like, burn. I was like, Oh, but she, I mean, she has like a really loving relationship yeah, yeah, it's with great. her baby, but I also get that too. It highlights the contradiction because I'm returning back to training and I have the clearance to progress back, but I have to be now so cautious because, you know, I'm returning from a heart thing while pregnant and that was like a little bit of a contradiction to me because I started to believe and yeah. see myself as an athlete. And then I was like, oh, wait, I got a parasite in my body. But on the other side, you know, you have an autoimmune condition, which sucks. And babies have, being pregnant are one of the things that in some yes. women 
does reverse do reverse autoimmune issues. That is true. And so how weird of a symbiotic like or a uh, contra- contradictory relationship is that? That on one end you have a parasite in there, right? I mean, it's not a full parasite because you're the same species. You have to be a different species That's to be true. a parasite. Yes. Um, I wish we think it's the same species. I love your, love your science mic drop. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, it's purely, it's symbiotic because not just in an emotional sense, but because this might cure your autoimmune thing on some level in a way that we can't understand. Perhaps, there's, yeah. there's some weird, interesting, that'll be a sexy science topic. It's oh, yeah. Super cool. And I've been feeling really good, but I think actually I'm on like strong medication. And so I think that's helping quite a bit, but you never know like what the role of pregnancy is. And I'm looking down right now at baby boy and i'm like we got a symbiosis we're we're symbiotic he needs to hear that love yeah his first his first little baby singlet is going to have holes cut in it like jim at western states in 2016 that's so true also i feel like on the podcast over the next like 26 weeks we're just going to drop his name in here at some point it's going to come out accidentally yeah because we we use it like every day in life and so it's it's going to come out on here so what is the biggest thing you've learned so far? I mean, granted, we're at week 13. Obviously, we don't know shit yet. Um, and we're learning every day. Uh, but what's your big takeaway? The first thing that comes to mind is Tostitos lime chips are <laughs> magical. I haven't wanted to eat. Like, my my five food groups have, like, merged down to, like, quesadillas, french fries, Tostitos lime chips. Uh, I would say Fritos in there. Yeah. Um, chocolate. You chocolate, still like chocolate. Chocolate. It's, we've, we've really dropped our food groups. But I think the bigger thing that comes to mind is, like, I've had a lot of fear in this process, yeah. but I have so much love. Like my heart is like brimming with love and it's so cool. And I think it's okay. Like, I think I, at first I was kind of like horrified about the fear. I was like, why am I having all this anxiety? And I think it actually just comes from love yeah. and that that's okay. Like to love something so powerful, you're also going to have fear. And that's just part of the process. And I think embracing that duality has been helpful for me because at first it just made me feel like, strange and vulnerable and alone to yeah. have that level of fear and anxiety. And now I'm just kind of taking it with a grain of salt. Plus actually having that level of anxiety means, you know, my stress bucket is only so full. Yeah. I like have this life swag in other areas it's of true. life. I like fully like do not, I'm like very chill in other yeah. areas of life. Someone, someone sent a message into the podcast. that was like, just Megan over the last number of weeks has just been so relaxed and I love hearing her laugh. And I'm like, you don't know, the half of it of what's coming behind that laugh. Lots of chill baby swag energy. Um, so yeah, I guess we don't know where this is going to go. Obviously, like you know, th- this could could take take a totally different direction than we think. We don't know. You know, you, you just never know anything. Um, we see. I, you know, I think you know. At this point, like things are progressing yeah. well, which is exciting. Like twelve week ultrasound, baby was happy and dancing and somersaulting. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. We don't know if he's happy, but he was dancing and somersaulting. And that was good. <laughs> that's toxic, toxic positivity. I know. I was like, I better feel... take that back. Um, but you know, I think that's. I think we're really. I'm starting to embrace this a lot more as a celebration. And I think there's uncertainty with every pregnancy, and there's certainly uncertainty with ours as a high risk pregnancy. And like just accepting that it's yeah. like it's part of life it's part of the process and i think it's we're learning a ton from it too yeah and no matter what we love this little fetus for all, all he's te- trying to teach us um and you know i mean i love you so much and i'm so proud of you and it's i'm so excited for this journey with you having no idea where it's gonna go but let's ride some fear waves thank you and thank you for all our listeners i mean we talked about like i guess it was i don't know how many episodes ago about the idea of like we're going to try to get pregnant now. Yeah. It was after my heart. And you probably recognize we just dropped off talking about that. <laughs> and yeah, things were, things were cooking in there, but thanks for being along this journey with us. And thanks for like the unconditional support. Like I do feel comfortable talking about this. Um, and it's because I know like listeners out there have our backs as does like our family and community and swap athletes and all these different people. And that's been something that like, even though I have this fear and anxiety, it's been really game changing. That's so beautiful. Uh, do you love me? 
Yes, of okay, course. Okay. I got you so much. Did I, not, did I not respond? <laughs> you, you you redirected to the listeners. <laughs> I love I love you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I love you so much, and also so much love for the listeners. Okay, so in hundredth um, episode uh, celebration fashion, we're gonna end this with uh, some po- podcast vocab. I like this. Listeners have sent in a lot of things that they want on shirts and other things over the years. So um, for those that might not listen to everything, we're gonna just quickly rehash some some. Uh, some just words that we really like that we've developed over time and thrown out there. And merch may or may not be coming with these. We need to get on our shit. Yes, I think we will. I think we have actually will have merch coming relatively soon. We'll see. So the very first one is crushing bitches. I love this. And let's define this real quickly because I think it can be used like in the wrong way. Yeah. And it's not literally crushing bitches. It's it's about like the internal framework of going for it for your own self and that the act of striving is freaking magical. Yeah. Um, but it's not actually about like crushing others it's about like that celebration mindset of showing up and like giving it your all yeah you crush some figurative bitches which might lead to crushing some literal yeah, bitches sometimes they go hand in hand uh, number two is big wet food energy Ooh, you you define this so one. this is when addy dog first got wet food and went crazy and what we use it as is whenever you're feeling a little tired a little down or whatever you get that wet food going which is you have a bacon double cheeseburger or you have like a whole pizza or something and you're gonna get that big wet food energy actually a listener sent us a canvas with big wet food energy and addy dog printed like with a nose dri- strip on addy snout so we should post a picture of it it's it's marvelous it's truly amazing uh so the next one we talked about briefly just a minute ago so you don't need to go over too much huzzah huzzah uh, which you got shout on top of hills um next one put on a show i like this one i think i use this one in reference to public speaking yes that i was like afraid and i've talked about public speaking i've been working through it i feel much more comfortable but now when i go up to give a presentation instead of being like don't mess up i'm like put on a show go out there do it for yourself and that's how i've been with a lot of presentations recently and it's all the time yeah and do that in your athletic life do it in everything Good sex, even when you've had that oh, yeah. Um So protein cereal is the next one, which is our magical conco- concoction, which is after runs, you get your favorite cereals. I'm partial to chocolate checks because it has iron in it. And you put, so you put water in a bowl, you mix a scoop of protein powder in, and you use that as your milk for a big childhood uh, warm hug of cereal. And we've gotten so many pictures of, of cereals uh, across the list. Protein cereal has taken off. It has really taken off. The next one is matcha and bang. We started this. This was during our pregnancy journey. Yeah. We, had the, we had the tagline, always be ovulating, because it was <laughs> very fun. Oh, yes. That was the other one. But yeah, we drank, we drank matcha, and we had some fun. It was great. Always be ovulating is going to replace this instead. That's the best. We need a shirt that says always be ovulating. Okay, the next one I think is maybe the most important one throughout the podcast. Oops in rally. Uh, I still have athletes talk about it, which is uh, saying, you know, you're going to have bad days and it's not about the bad days. It's about rallying from them. And this was in relation to you. I forget exactly what you went through when you talked about it, but this has really resonated with a lot of people. I've been through a lot of stuff. So take your grab bag. (laughs) We can figure out which one it was. The next one is Charlie the Chipmunk. And this was in reference. We had a mental health episode and you were talking about the anxiety and that the the voice talking to you is like a chipmunk voice and you gave it a name. Yeah. So Charlie sometimes just skitters on my chest and it hasn't actually happened recently. It's one of the great things so far about this little fetus is I don't really give a fuck about a lot of other things. Yeah, me neither. That's great. Oh, well, I care a lot about this baby boy, but yeah. very few about other things. Very but things. it's interesting because like, I'm still in that that space where like I care about the baby boy, but I care about you. And the baby boy is included in you. It's not a separate thing right now. So I only care about you. And then all my other anxieties can kind of float away. So Charlie is the chipmunk that I'm trying to learn to love that sometimes skitters across my sternum. 
Um, and you might have one out there too. The next word is duende. duende. You have to say it like duende. So you this have is to passion. feel the passion. You have to say it with Spanish passion. Yes. And this is how you want to train. This is how you want to live. You want to live with duende and not hold anything back. The um, next one is swag goldfish. So you have that swag, you have that duende, but, duende, but you got to have a short memory, which is where the, the happiest animal comes in, that goldfish. So you got to be a swag goldfish. The next one, prance like a show pony. And I like this. We, we talk about this with biomechanics all the time. Yes. You can get out there and just prance. Think about knee drive and being just flaunting it out there. It's, yeah. a, it's a good way for biomechanics it to goes, improve. It kind of goes alongside uh, some of our others. Uh, the next one, this is from the very beginning of the podcast sent in by a listener, Kegel Watts. Uh, which was me referencing my exercise routine for Kegel exercises. I don't even know what they work. Something down there that uh, might change your sexual stuff. I don't know. Uh, not not a place where I'm an expert. But yeah, me neither. We got lots of watts. I think it's also Kegel. Kegels. Kegels. Yeah, Kegel watts. Oh, well. Not Kegel. I don't know about that. But it also de- it was derived from Super Diva watts in honor of RBG. We talked about that early on. So another another Watts variation. Uh, next one, satisfaction bomb. This is related to big wet, wet food energy that when in doubt, just give yourself really big meals. Like meals are where it's at. Don't go around snacking all day and not eating enough. Just layer in like a big sandwich and fries and get that satisfaction. The other one is running at large. And we derived this when Addie got, actually she got two tickets in Boulder uh, for being in our backyard, which is an open space Without a leash. Yeah. And, and so she was proud of it. Essentially means unleashed, uncontrolled animals. And, and I feel like that a lot in life. Yeah. And so hard is it? Even if you I can't mean, don't run. go like breaking rules and don't go doing bad stuff to the environment. Break tons of rules. Don't oh, yeah, do bad yeah. things to the environment. Yeah, yeah. But I was gonna say, like, like be kind when you're breaking rules. Like don't go like breaking yeah, rules yeah. like meanly or like to like accost people. A general rule is don't have shit intentions. But yeah, that's a good point. I would say running at large is the only way to live. Don't listen to how people tell you to do podcasts. Don't listen to how people tell you to be a mother, to be a pregnant woman, uh, to be a little Charlie the chipmunk infused anxiety bu- bubble, whatever, whatever you have, just be yourself and flaunt it with duende. duende. Speaking of duende, do yeah. we get to a listener corner which has some strong duende? Uh, let's do it. And can you, actually, you've been reading all the listener corners recently because I have pregnancy brain and yes. I can finally say we that on say the it. podcast. Yeah, it's it's sometimes not easy to podcast when you are pregnant yeah. because words do not come easily, nor does like a lot of things in life, but we've worked through it. I just want to hear parts about the, this fetus thus far is a great excuse to cancel social plans. Oh, it's so true. To not be able to speak or whatever. You can just say, oh, I can't do that thing because of fetus. And now that like more people know about it, like my work will start to know about it. I'll be yeah. like, oh guys, sorry. Actually, no, I've like never canceled a meeting in my life, but it could theoretically give me the power to cancel a meeting. You theoretically have the power to clear your- Actually, I've canceled, a, I've canceled a few meetings and it always gives me like, it gives me the power. I like feel like I like took cocaine or something. I'm like, <laughs> I feel the power. Okay, listener corner. And this is from listener M. I just wanted to thank you for being a much needed voice on accepting and loving people. It's sometimes hard to know the impact one voice can have. I was raised very conservatively. We were taught that being gay was wrong and we weren't allowed to shop at any company that supposedly supported gay rights. Trans wasn't even discussed. In high school, I'd used the phrase calling something gay to reference it being stupid and a friend lovingly called me out on it and explained why that was so hurtful. That was a turning point for me. I actively began to change my perspective and actually love people for who they were. It was a wor- it was work to go against everything I was taught as a kid. Fast forward to now, my parents are divorced. My mom is finally happy married, happily married to her wife, and I am not the person I was originally raised to be. This long-winded story was just meant to reflect how impactful even one voice can be. I try to set love and acceptance as my default, but if I were to be completely honest, fear has a tendency to sneak in in areas I don't understand. I need to hear your voice on trans athletes. I will probably need to hear it again when uncertainty rears its ugly head. Thank you for helping 
uh, me keep my default to love and acceptance. That's beautiful. What a cool story. The default to love and acceptance. That's a great way to end that. Yeah. And no matter where you're coming from, I think that's the big thing on all these topics. It's like, you know, so much of it gets tied back to our upbringing, to when we were little kids or things we've experienced along the way or whatever our availability bias is. And so if you're not right with us, we understand because it's like we had to go through you know, thousands, you know, tens of thousands of days of our very specific experience to get there. So wherever you're at, we're going to try to meet you there on the next hundred episodes and beyond with a ton of love, a ton of acceptance, and most of all, lots of Duende. Duende. I was like, which which keyword do you think I'm going to pick out? <laughs> yeah, lots of sex. Lots of huzzah. Lots of lubrication is perhaps the most important thing of all to come away from this podcast. Make sure you lubricate. Lots. Oh, yeah. Well, that's been a constant theme. Lots of swag goldfish. We yes. can just keep going. We can just keep 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 adding words. But seriously, thank you so much. Like This has been an incredible journey with all of you. And it's really fun to get to have the celebration episode with you, David, but also the broader listeners out there. And it means, it means so a lot. So please rate, review, and subscribe. This is a great place to subscribe um keep getting the numbers out keep telling people about it and most of all just know you are so loved just like this uh beautiful fetus that is staring me in the face right now yeah i can i can look down at you during my run and just be like let's go i love you very much Walmsley. <laughs> <laughs> okay we love you all huzzah bye